Welcome to Once Upon a Disney, an analytical yet fun-loving look at Disney narrative filmography from the 20th century. I'm Larry Brenner, a cross between a Muppet and He-Man's Orko. I secretly hope you never need to listen to this episode, because if you're listening to it, something has gone wrong. We were unable to give you whatever it is that we promised you last week. And instead, we're going to talk about the Wuzzles. If you don't know The Wuzzles, and The Wuzzles is a TV series, it aired in 1985. Uh, it's one of Disney's first 80s cartoon shows. Uh, it aired on Saturday mornings at the exact same time as its more famous uh, companion show, The Adventures of the Gummy Bears, also aired. It is important in the history of Disney animated television. So that's one reason I chose The Wuzzles. The other reason I chose the Wuzzles, well, I like Andy a lot. And when you like someone a lot, and you have a TV show or a movie to watch, and you are reasonably certain that it, they will absolutely hate it, sometimes it's just the right thing to do to take that upon yourself and, and not punish your podcasting partner with that. I'm going to let you know. Andy would have been willing to do it. Andy's game for anything. And that just means we need to protect her from herself a little bit. So here's the good news. I know some of you listen to the podcast and you like to see what we're doing in advance so you can watch along with us. The good news is I'm not recommending that. Uh, I, I don't think you should do that. I think if you want to, all you really need to do is watch the theme song of The Wuzzles, and you will get everything you need to know. I watched three episodes, and I'll talk about those three episodes, and I watched more than I needed to, I felt, in order to do this episode. I feel like, I feel like I've got enough information from those three that I can extrapolate about the final ten. So, let's get into it. Key Facts. The Wuzzles, as I said, aired in 1985. All of 13 episodes were made. And then, ostensibly, the series ended when Bill Scott, who voiced Moosel of The Wuzzles, passed. I am suspicious that this is the actual reason that they stopped recording episodes. Scott was also the voice of Gruffy Gummy and Toadwart on Gummy Bears. And that show did not stop producing episodes. They just recast the roles. And I can't help but think they could have chosen to do that here. Now, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist at this point. But my I suspect that they, the reason they told themselves they couldn't keep making episodes was the passing of Bill Scott. But that the actual real reason is the show is unwatchable. That, that would be my guess. That's my theory. So let's get into it. Your first question probably is, what are the Wuzzles? The theme song of the Wuzzles will basically tell you, number one, we are in the land of Wuzz, and we are having so much fun. And then they'll tell us that the Wuzzles is that every single thing is really two in one. So what we have is a bunch of animals that are combined to make two, two animals combined into a single animal. One of those characters is Bumble Lion. He is one half Bumblebee, one half Lion. Another character is Ellaroo, one half 
elephant, one half kangaroo. So all of these creatures are mishmashy sort of stuff. And I'm going to tell you, visually, they are interesting characters to look at. Interesting is the word I'm choosing to use because interesting can have positive and negative connotations. But they are certainly unique visually. And there's something very special about that. I think I was very attracted to the show because of the visual imagery of what these characters look like. There is a question that I have about the Wuzzles. One of the things is all of the Wuzzles have wings. And, you know, if you've got a creature like Hopopotamus, who is half rabbit, half hippopotamus, I don't know why she has wings. I don't know why Moosel, half moose, half seal, has wings. I'm not a zoologist, you guys. I'm not. I, I, I don't have a degree in the zoological sciences. But I suspect, I suspect these, these animals don't have wings. And what makes this decision, this decision to give them wings even more perplexing to me is the fact that these creatures can't fly. So the wings are vestigial. They, they only exist for the visual element, they do not impact the story. They're just they're just wings, they're just there. And I want to I think I want to hit this phrase, they're just there, because I think I'm gonna be coming back to that a lot. Things just happen, things just are, and the Wuzzles doesn't really give you a lot of room to question it. I also could not tell you how the Wuzzles function as a species. We're gonna talk a little bit later about how possibly, you know, some of the Wuzzles are romantically interested in one another. But where do babies come from in the land of the Wuzzles? If, if Bumble Lion and Butter Bear get together, what would their child look like? I could not tell you. I don't know. I'm not sure I want to know. But, but we do get the idea that all of these mishmash things are a species. They are, they are not unique. So let's start, as we always do, with the Manish Tana. And when we're talking about a TV series, my opening question is going to be, why does this TV series start where it starts? And we have done DuckTales already. And when we did DuckTales, one of the things that we said is, the reason DuckTales begins where it begins, in the very first episode Uncle Scrooge is given custody of Huey, Dewey, and Louie. This is a jumping on point for us to start watching this series. We're getting a setup of why things, why we're watching from here on in. Gummy Bears, which as of this recording, Andy and I have not covered, but intend to. In the first episode, the Gummy Bears make friends with a young human boy named Kevin, and that starts the series. Uh, Rescue Rangers begins with Chippendale starting, I think, a detective agency. But there's always something. And in the Wuzzles, there's nothing. There's there's just nothing. Um, there's nothing that introduces us to this world. It, it just is. They're just there. The theme song will tell us you're in the land of Wuzz. That's it. Wuzzles are things that are two animals in one. That's it. Go with it. Ask no questions. We have no answers. Why does it begin where it begins? 
I guess everything's got to start somewhere, right? I guess. Um, the first episode does have all of the characters in it, so we do get to meet everybody. That's not nothing. But but there's not going to be an ongoing story with this series. There's no ongoing tension. We're not, you know, it just every day in the life of the Wuzzles, sometimes those days are interesting, and that's why we're watching an episode. This is one interesting day, but it isn't the first interesting day. With that in mind, when I'm talking about structure, I'm going to briefly describe the three episodes that I saw, which are episodes one, two, and three of the series, and we'll go from there. The first episode that I saw was called Bulls of a Feather. This episode, the Wuzzles are having a picnic. Elleru, uh, they're throwing stuff around because reasons. Elleru goes to catch the thing that they're throwing around. He bumps into a tree. An egg falls out of the tree and into Elleru's kangaroo pouch. Fine. Elleru immediately looks in his pouch because he feels weird and sees an egg and he goes, I guess I'm a mother. For me, that raises a lot of questions. Questions about Elleru's biology before and I had questions about Wuzzles as a species. Elleru, to the best of our knowledge, is single and has been single for some time. He is referred to by he, him pronouns. He is voiced by a male actor. Uh, he does have a pouch, which is not a masculine trait in kangaroos. The male kangaroos, I believe, do not have a pouch. Again, not a zoologist. So I guess I guess something's going on here. It's no one's business but Elleru's. But uh, Elleru immediately thinks this egg is his baby. Okay. Uh, maybe in the world of Wuzzles, you just spontaneously have a child. It makes as much sense as anything else. I, I'm fine with it. Good for you, Elleru, but it isn't Elleru's child. The egg hatches, and it is a baby Brahmin bullfinch. Half bull, half finch. Half bird, half bull. Uh, Elleru, for some reason, still thinks he's the mother. It's pretty clear that, that he is not the mother, because the mother does hunt them down. There's a villain. His name is Crocosaurus. We'll talk more about it. Crocosaurus wants to capture the baby bullfinch because the feathers of a baby bullfinch are valuable and he can sell them. It's got kind of a Cruella de Vil vibe here. So he he gets the bullfinch away. Mama bullfinch comes in. The the wuzzles have to get the egg back. Not the egg, the, the bullfinch back. Mama bullfinch and baby bullfinch are reunited. And the episode ends with Elleru finding yet another egg. And the Wuzzles, in an exasperated voice, going, oh, no, not again. The narrator saying, I don't want to watch this happen again. Let's get out of here. And I will speak for myself as the audience. I agreed with the narrator. I did not want to watch any more of it. I, I, that was enough for me. So that was the first episode. Second episode was called Hooray for Hollywoods. This episode features Hoppopotamus, half hippo, half bunny, also with wings. She is in local play because apparently the Wuzzles have a local theater. She is terrible, but all of her friends tell her how good she is, but that she should stop performing. And she she 
takes away from those two pieces of information that what they're really trying to tell her is she is way too talented to be on the stage and that she should go to Hollywood and break into the movie industry. Now, for me, the existence of Hollywood raises a lot of questions because I thought we were on the island of was and that the island of was was magical and that's where the wuzzles are. But apparently there is a film television industry in another part of Wuzzleland where they make movies and television programs. And it, it, it expands my understanding of the world of the Wuzzles so that it is actually a complete world. And probably there is a Washington, D.C. called Wuzzington, D.C. Um, I, I, I don't want to keep doing this, but uh, they go to Australia. I don't know. I don't know. It's a big, it's a big world. It's a big world of Wuzzles. That's what I've learned. Uh, she goes there, and we do kind of – Musil goes with her because reasons. She fails to make herself a big star, but she lies in letters going home to her friends that she is a big star. Her friends come. She fakes being a big star. The truth is revealed that she's not a big star. They bring her back to Wazzleland, and now she's the star in the play, but they've changed the play so that she's now doing King Kong. It's pretty much King... They're calling it... I I mean, I don't know how they didn't get sued by Donkey Kong, cause, because it's half monkey, half donkey... I don't know. I don't know. But... But she's doing she's doing the play. She's in a gorilla costume in a non-speaking role, and she's happy to be home starring in local theater again. And the third episode I watched was called In the Money. Bumble Lion is poor, owes people a lot of money. He makes a wish on a wishbone to have money. And Rhinoki, whose job is sort of to transport money from the bank, it wasn't really clear, he's sort of a chauffeur, loses the money, it goes flying up into the air, and it lands near Bumble Lion, and Bumble Lion goes, oh, here's this money I wished for, it must be mine. The money immediately changes Bumble Lion, turns him into a jerk. Uh, he, he gets very greedy, but beyond that, he becomes very pompous, he talks to his friends like they're trash. Meanwhile, Rhinoki is being hunted by the local police for stealing the bank money. Bumble Lion is unable to put two and two for, together that, number one, his best friend is wanted for robbery. At the same time, he came into a, a lot of money that came in bags with dollar signs on them, which he insists came because he wished on it on the wishbone. He gets returned. Bumble Lion gets a reward for finding the money, spends all the money on his friends, stops being a jerk, and it was another day and was. All right, let's start talking about the characters. First of all, I want to say this is a show that has a narrator. Every episode begins with the narrator saying, hey guys, we're in the land of was, the people of the was are called the Wuzzles. They're a bit unusual, and like he'll set the tone a little bit. However, I must point out that everything the narrator tells us, the theme song already told us. So there's that. The, the narrator has a sort of weird voice. It sounds like he doesn't like the Wuzzles that much, and I understand that. I get where he's coming from. 
I do. But you're the one telling the story, dude. So like you need to be engaged. That's just part of that's just part of the nature of telling a story, right? If if you have disdain for the story you're telling, you can't expect the audience to come on this journey with you. And a lot of the time the narrator asks questions that the audience is also asking. So for example, in the first episode, Bulls of a Feather, the egg is about to hatch and the narrator chimes and goes, I wonder what's gonna hatch out of that egg. And I'm like, dude, if you don't know, who does? You're the narrator. What What's happening right now? What the, the narrator is asking questions like I've got the answer. I don't know what's in the egg. This is not my story. You're the one telling it. And one of the things we can take away from the Wuzzles, and I think it's important, is these stories don't require narration. A narrator, the function of the narrator, is to give information to the audience that the audience might otherwise have, have missed. And the narrator here is describing things we've already seen. If we see an egg hatching, we don't need someone to tell us the egg is hatching. Television, cartoons in particular, are a visual medium. He is unnecessary, and I don't know who he is either. Uh, he's clearly not a Wuzzle because he explains to us what Wuzzles are and does not count himself among them. I don't know how he's positioned, and I don't know why he's telling us this story. Like, what are we supposed to learn from it? Where are we positioned in relation to the narrator? There's a lot of questions here. There are no answers. I'm not going to look for answers where I don't think any exist. Uh, but I will say the narrator is fairly useless and stretching out something that doesn't need to be stretched out. If he could tell me where the Wuzzles came from, that's my question. That's my question. Tell me that. Tell me how this world works. Tell me stuff, but don't don't tell me what I already know or what I can see. Of the of the Wuzzles, the leader of the Wuzzles, if there is a leader, but the most prominent of the Wuzzles is probably Bumble Lion. He's our leading man, if you will, half bumblebee, half lion. He seems to be brave. He seems to be bold. I, th those are not exactly the same thing. Rough and tumble. A letter, little I'm going to tell you how it is. He has a crush on Butterbear, which which is interesting, I guess. Hopopotamus has a crush on him, so we've got a love triangle. But this love triangle is going nowhere, guys, because this is not really a television series where people get together. It it just is what it is. And as a character, he's... He's usually the person in the front. The other characters usually follow his lead, with the exception of that one episode that I saw in The Money, where he became a complete and total jerk. But I'm going to point something out here, which I believe to be true. If the only thing that's making you a good person is the fact that you're, you don't have money, and you suddenly get an influx of cash, and you do become a jerk, the money has revealed who you truly are, Bumble Lion. Uh, you are not a good person. If we have to keep you poor to keep you good, that that is that is an economic message about how how we would all be corrupted. I I don't know. I don't know about you, Bumble Lion. I am I am suspicious that you're a good person. 
And that's all I have to say about Bumbleline. These characters are not terribly deep. I, I, I can't psychoanalyze them that much. But I can say uh, Bumbleline is only good if good things aren't happening to him. And that is quite telling. That is quite telling. His best friend is Elleru, half elephant, half kangaroo. Elleru is a little bit anxious. Uh, he's got he's got anxiety. He's also sensitive. He also clearly does not understand how reproduction works. But but to be fair, like I don't want to go to Wuzzle's health class either. There's a I I feel like there's a lot that I'm going to learn that I'm going to wish I never knew. Uh, so so I do I do get that he has this shtick that he's got a bunch of stuff in his pouch. And so, like, he might always have the right item for his for the right occasion hidden in his pouch somewhere. Um, he I, that's upsetting. That's not really a pocket. That's a part of his body. Like, like, like you're shoving stuff in there for a rainy day. I it's gross to me. I'm just gonna say it's gross to me. And I also know I also know the kangaroo pouches, they're like sticky in there. So you're getting all your stuff sticky with mucus and and ew, ew, is all I have to say about that Elleru. Um but Elleru I think is what we see in his relationship with the baby Brahmin bullfinch, that he does actually care about people and uh has empathy. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Sure, why not? Why not? Um, Butterbear. Of the characters, she is my favorite. Half butterfly, half bear. She is my favorite not because she's the pretty one. She is my favorite because she is the boring one. Her lack of qualities, where I find the qualities of the other characters to be very annoying, the fact that she is bland, like vanilla ice cream or oatmeal, really sets her apart and elevates her. Is this mean? This is mean. I feel like this is mean. But I also know this is the faintest of praise uh, that I'm, I'm giving Butterbear, but she is the girl Wuzzle. There is another female Wuzzle, but Butterbear is the girl Wuzzle. She exists to be female. She does not appear to have a personality of her own. She is the cute one. Uh, I do have a question about her. She of the Wuzzles should have wings, so she does. In the theme song, we see her fly. I, I don't think I ever saw her fly in the three episodes that I saw, but it's fine if she flies. She should have wings. She's half butterfly, except she has two flowers growing out of her head where the antennae should be. And I don't understand that at all. Is she part plant? That doesn't seem to be within the rules. So questions there. I will say she is nice. I will say she is kind. And I will say she is boring. Bringing us to Moosel. Uh, Moosel was voiced by Bill Scott, who did a lot of famous voices. I mentioned a couple of the gummy bear voices that he did. But he's arguably most famous for being Bullwinkle J. Moose from, uh, from Rocky and Bullwinkle. And as I'm saying that, I that... That is probably part of the reason he plays Moosel, who is half moose, half seal. It's it's an homage, guys. I didn't get it as a kid. I think I just got it today for the first time. We worked it out together. See, we're learning stuff. 
Muzo, the description of him is that he is the youngest of the Wuzzles. He doesn't sound like the youngest of the Wuzzles. His voice doesn't have a youthful, childlike quality. So I I only know that he's the youngest because I've read the bios of, of the Wuzzles, but not, not from the portrayal of Musel. Musel seems to be... Uh, he's, he's like meant to be a sidekick. When Hoppo goes to Hollywood, Musel goes with her. When Hoppo decides to lie to the rest of her friends, Musel helps her lie. Like, like he's, he's an enabler. That's what Musel is. Uh, Musel is an enabler. And I think it's very telling in the episode where the two of them go to Hollywood that all of the friends back home are like, well, I miss Hoppo. Where's Hoppo? But Musel also went and nobody cares. Nobody cares that Musel's not around. Uh, and it makes me sad for Musel. I'm a sensitive person. Could you imagine you and your best friend, like, leave to go to another city, and, like, everybody ha- back home is writing to one your, your friend, and, like, you check the mailbox, and there's nothing? That's hard. Musel never deals with this, and, and honestly, I think it would be a more compelling episode if they did, although it's darker. But, yeah, that's Musel. That's all I got to say about Musel. The other thing that about Musel, sorry, I do have one more thing. Being half seal, it is really hard watching him hop around because he doesn't have he's he's like he's like a mermaid, uh, the way that he's he's moving there. Um, and like he should not be on land. I mean, none of them should be. None of these creatures should be. They are all abominations. But Musel is out of his literal element walking around on land with the flippers of a seal. All right. What do we got next? Hopopotamus. Hopopotamus voiced by Joanne Worley. You might know from a million things, but if we're just going off of her Disney bio, I'll point out that she's the armoire in Beauty and the Beast. Um, But famous comedian was on uh, Owen and Martin. And just like her bio is impressive as all get out. And her voice acting work on this is really good. Hoppo, what I'll say about Hoppo is there's no getting a there's no getting around this. You know how all of these creatures are really two in one? Hoppo is about 95% hippopotamus, and she's got bunny ears and a and a bunny tail. That's four percent, because the wings, the inexplicable wings, are the other one percent. But they are they are making a meal out of the fact that she is plus sized. The the theme song makes a joke about her crushing them. She she Rhinoki is mean. Rhinoki is mean and is constantly making weight jokes about Hoppo. And and like for me, the lowest form of humor is making fun of somebody because of the way that they look. And I recognize, I recognize that maybe I need to practice what I peach. I preach a little bit more here because I have been mocking the Wuzzles for what they look like, and and maybe I turn that mirror inward and realize I'm not a good person. But in the world of the Wuzzles, Rhinoki is constantly shaming Hoppo for how she looks, and good for her that she is not bothered by it, does not believe it, does not care, does it does not impact her. It does not impact her self-esteem at all. Good for her. I like strong, confident women who own themselves. And Hoppo does that. 
What else can I say about Hoppo? Hoppo has a crush on Bumble Lion. Uh, as, as I said, Bumble Lion goes for the boring choice. Bumble Lion, you are wrong. You are wrong to like who you like. Hoppo has made her intentions clear. Uh, and she challenges you, Bumble Lion. She challenges you in a way that Butterbear never will. You, you, you need to make better choices. You, there, there is personality in front of you, and you are ignoring it. And, and frankly, you don't deserve her. Frankly, you don't. That's that's just she's too good for you. You, you, you get money, you're like, uh, now my friends are garbage. You're trash, Bumble Lion. And I wish Hop, Hoppo, move on. Do better. Find a better partner. Someone who will love you for you. They're out there, Hoppo. They're out there. Hoppo of the characters does have the most personality in sort of like a Miss Piggy sort of she's a diva kind of way. She she sees herself as a big star. Uh, she has dreams. She has aspirations. And of the characters that we've seen here, she she is the closest we have to a protagonist who is active and goes out of their way to make things happen. And if this series were re-envisioned with her as the lead, as opposed to her as sort of like a comic foil, I think we might get a more story-driven adventure here. As it is, she's just one of the she's just one of a bunch. But if if you watch the show, and again, you should not, her performance is is one of the best performances that's being given here. Rhinoki, half rhino, half monkey, voiced by Alan Oppenheimer, who will always be man at arms, Skeletor merman to me. I'm a He-Man guy from way back. Uh, playing Rhinoki. I hate Rhinoki. And I hate Rhinoki not because of Alan Oppenheimer. I, I, Alan Oppenheimer makes me want to love Rhinoki more. But Rhinoki is, you know, mostly monkey, a little bit rhino-y, but also has wings. They all have wings. Uh, but he's the jokey one. And if I said Hoppo was was Miss Piggy, we would say Rhinoki is probably Fozzie Bear because the jokes that he makes aren't funny. But here's the thing. Rhinoki is Fozzie Bear without the sweetness. Uh, when Fozzie Bear makes jokes, and Fozzie is my favorite. I love Fozzie. If you know, if you know me, if you've talked to me for more than five minutes, I bring up Fozzie Bear all the time. Fozzie is sweet and Fozzie wants to be loved and he's trying to connect with his audience. Rhinoki does not care about anybody but Rhinoki. Rhinoki tells a joke, and Rhinoki is the only one who laughs at the joke, and the jokes are mean. Fozzie's not mean. Fozzie is sweet. I feel like if we were at the Muppet Theater and Rhinoki was on stage, Fozzie would be like, suddenly I get everything that Statler and Waldorf have ever said about me. Suddenly I get it. This is wrong. This is not good comedy. He would have this self-realization that that might that might change his life. But Fozzie's better than this guy. Rhinoki is just annoying. He's 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 nasty. He's nasty. I don't like him. Uh, those are our main characters. Let's talk about the villains. Uh, the main villain is Crocosaurus. He is accompanied by two sidekicks, one of which is Flizzard who's half frog, half lizard, and the other one who is Brat. Brat is half dragon, half frog. What? What? 
Like, we have a rule about naming conventions here in the Wuzzles. You combine the two names. There's one episode where there's a tiger and a raccoon. He's tycoon. You, you, you mash them together. Brat is half dragon? Where is that in the name? Where's the frog in the name? He should be dragon, right? Or fragon. But he's brat. Okay, fine. He's not important. Crocosaurus is half crocodile, half dinosaur. And here's the thing that I'm going to tell you. If you're half crocodile, half dinosaur, you are all crocodile. Or you're all dinosaur. Those are not two opposite things. Crocodiles are dinosaurs. Look at them. You know I'm right. And visually, he's not particularly interesting. He's also... Uh, as he's a he's a very soft villain, and when I say soft, I mean like he's not scary at all. Uh, King Koopa, like you know, early pixelated King Koopa looks at at Crocosaurus and just like points and laughs at him. Uh, Crocosaurus is is doesn't want to work. Uh, comes up with schemes. They're not particularly well thought out. He's we see him. He's eating magazines because he's hungry and he can't afford food, but doesn't want to get a job. Yeah. He's the he's a bad guy. He does bad things, but he's not. He 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 just is. He just is. They just are. The Wuzzles just are, you guys. They just are. All right. Which brings us to protagonist problems. Do we have any protagonist problems here? And I would suggest that as a problem, the problem one is I hate all of them. Uh, I don't hate all of them equally, but I don't like any of them. I don't want to be any of them. And I think that that really is more of the point. When you watch a TV show, you want to project yourself onto the protagonist a little bit. You want to you want to say, "Oh, I see myself in this particular character." And I I it I don't want to see myself as any of these people. I I I don't. I don't. Like I don't want to connect to them in that way. I would not be friends with the Wuzzles. Right? I would not want to hang out with them. And and that makes me not want to watch their TV show. If the best one of the bunch is is Butterbear, and she's the best one because she's boring. Whew. Guys, you do see what we're missing when we don't have Andy. When we have Andy, Andy has the capability because she is a good, loving, kind person to really dig deep. And find the redemptive quality in just about any character you can find. And I'm not willing to do that work. I'm, I'm, I'm really willing to just sit here in my cynical, cynical, sarcastic way and say these people are terrible and I don't like them. But we have a second protagonist problem. And that second protagonist problem is the fact that these characters are wuzzles. The stories have nothing to do with the fact that they're Wuzzles. Their personalities have nothing to do with the fact that they are two animals in one. Rhinoki is a rhinoceros and an elephant, but not a, no, rhinoceros and a monkey. Who, oh, guys, he's a rhinoceros and a monkey, and he's making jokes, and I guess that's the monkey part coming out, but I don't see him goring people with his horn either. So the rhino part is just an add-on. You could each of these stories, there's nothing in these stories that makes me think, oh, these characters have to be wuzzles 
to tell this story. Hoppo going to Hollywood, like we're, we're getting a lot of visual sight gags and we're seeing things that are blended together. But the actual story, we've seen Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck do this. Go to Hollywood, try to sneak into the studio, try to be a star. I think we've probably seen the characters from Saved by the Bell do this. Everyone does these things. We're not getting any mileage out of the fact that these are visually interesting characters that that are are weird. There's no weirdness to the stories except sight gags and people's names. And you really need to make more of a meal of your strangeness. The Smurfs visually, like they're they're blue, they're small, they're they're little villagers. Uh, but you give each of them a personality, and you can tell any story with them. But like we can look past the fact that they're Smurfs, right? Because the story is not focused on the fact that they're blue. It's just a detail. Wuzzles front and center. It's like look at these freaks. Look at them. Did you get a really good look? And now I'm going to tell you a story that has nothing to do with what they are. And, and that is a protagonist problem. Themes. I guess the theme is friendship. But, but for me, the, my takeaway is be very careful who you're friends with. Make sure your friends make you better people. Because this is a TV series that, that is serialized, it's meant to be watched in any order. Uh, characters will never really develop. So we get a sort of sense that you should not change. Uh, don't try to better yourself. Uh, Hoppo tries to make herself a movie star. That's a mistake, Hoppo. Don't dream too big. Bumble, Bumble Lion wants to be a millionaire. That's a mistake, Bumble Lion. Don't want that. Don't want anything. Uh, Ellaru wants to be a mom. No. No, just be who you are and never change. Uh, so I'm going to say that the theme of this is stagnation. And for 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 a show that visually seems like it should have something to do with evolution, stagnation is not the way you want to go for your TV series. And that brings us to pitch time. What would I do with this material besides burn it? Um, cause that's an option. So my first thought when I did this was that I could position it sort of like a sequel to Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Do you guys remember the island of Asmodi that they go to with all the animated animals? I, I mean, I wonder how that island perpetuates itself for future generations. And if, I don't want to get into the details here, but if that's where the Wuzzles came from, it tracks. It tracks for me. Magical animated animals. Uh, hey, hey, evolution gets wacky sometimes. You, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. That's what I have to say. And that's where we got the wuzzles. Fine, fine. But I think I can do better than that. And I, I really want to put front and center the fact that these things should not be. So I would start off with We've got the land of was, and there's a wizard. Maybe the wizard's name is was. I don't. The wizard of was. Well, I can do better, but I'm not going to. It's not worth it. And the wizard of was casts some sort of enchantment, and throughout the island, animals merge, and that's where the wuzzles come from. But we watch that happen in the first episode, and we watch the wuzzles discover themselves as these newly created unholy abominations that are kind of cute and visually interesting. And they start figuring out who they are. And 
come to the realization that they have to reconcile the dual nature of their new animal selves. Like, Bumble Lion at one point, like, he thought he was a predator, but now he's got this new fascination with honey, and his brain, his brain is rewiring, and, like, he can be friends with the other Wuzzles because he's no longer in this predator-prey relationship with them. They, are, they have all discovered something new in themselves through this transformation, and I would make the first story arc, they're created, they go looking for answers as to how they're created, they wonder if they should undo the enchantment, and then they realize they are happier the way they are now, and they're going to undergo, like, they're going to discover who they are, and we're going to see the building of Wuzzle civilization. It's going to it's gonna uh, grow up that sort of way. And uh, I don't know that this is a good premise, but I know it's not worse than what we've got. So I'm going to give myself an A-plus for this. All right. I think I'm done. I think I'm done with Wuzzles. Hopefully, guys, you've never heard this, and I never have to do a solo episode again. But I'm going to throw out here, since clearly you did hear this, what would you want me to cover? And I want you, if I had to cover something solo, keep in mind, it should be something bad that you don't want to see Andy suffer through, but that you do want to see me suffer through. We don't want Andy to feel like she's missing out on something amazing. What what do you want to see get this kind of treatment? Like like you can go obscure on this, but but the goal here should be we want to spare Andy. So like you could throw out the fluffy dogs if you know who the fluffy dogs are uh, and be like Andy should never have to see that, but I want to watch Larry suffer with it. Think about that you know, send send us an email. You can contact us on our Once Upon a Disney Facebook page. You can tweet us at, at Andy Redwine and let her know, gosh, Andy, we missed you this week. Uh, or you can email me, tw- hit me on Twitter at Larry Brenner 6 and say, don't do this again. Uh, or drop us a line in our mailbag at Once Upon a Disney Podcast at gmail.com. I want to thank my wife, Betsy Carrick, because she will be producing this little mini episode. And next week, we will be doing, who knows? I don't know, because I I don't know what we did last week. I don't know when this is. For all you know, this podcast was recorded and you're hearing it from beyond the grave. Uh, That's dark. That's too dark. But, But I don't know. I don't know what's next week. Check our Facebook fan page. So until next time, friends... See you real soon.